Welcome to Scaling Up, the podcast for water treaters by water treaters, where we're scaling up on knowledge so we don't scale up our systems. Hi, everybody. Trace Blackmore here. And as you know, I love business. It's just something that I was never taught in school. And I had to get out here in the water treatment community to learn all about business. And as we learned with the episode with Tim Fulton, episode 22, you don't know what you don't know. So how do you start to learn what it is you need to know when you don't know you need to know it? Well, one of the ways I do that is through reading. And I love reading business books. I've had the opportunity on Scaling Up to bring many of the authors of books that I've read and really appreciated on the show. So uh, that does a couple things. One, I get to meet them and thank them for their collective works. And you also don't have to read all the books that I do to find the good ones. Well, folks, I have found some good ones. There is a program out there called the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And I don't mind telling you, I am an exceptional water treater. I was not the best business owner that I could be. And one of the tools that I use now is this system called EOS. And the gentleman who wrote the book, and the book is called Traction, his name is Gino Wickman. And I was introduced to him through Vistage, and it really changed how I ran my business. It doesn't have anything to do with water treatment. But imagine if you had a software program and you were going to run it on your computer. So basically, it's the Windows, I excuse me, all you Apple fans out there, but it's the Windows platform that you would run your software or your business on. Well, with that came several follow-up series of books, and the second one in the series was a book called Rocket Fuel. And Rocket Fuel deals with how you deal with your number one partner on your team. We're going to talk about terms, the visionary and the integrator, but it's an entire book about that. And I have today on Scaling Up, Mark C. Winter, who is the author of Rocket Fuel, so I hope you enjoy my interview with Mark C. Winter. My lab partner today is Mark Winter, and Mark wrote a book called Rocket Fuel. It was the follow-up to Gino Wickman's book, Traction. And folks, you've heard me in the Scaling Up Nation talk about that my company has gone through a program called Traction, or EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Well, today we have one of the authors of those books with us. How are you today, Mark? I'm doing great, Trace. Great to be here. Well, we are very glad that you are here. We're going to talk all about EOS and traction and, of course, your book, Rocket Fuel. But before we do, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my background is I started off in, in big corporate out of college, and uh, somewhere along the way, I, I got some exposure to some things that led me back to, to business school. And while in business school, caught the entrepreneurial bug, which led me to leave big corporate and go off on my own adventure, which uh, I think now I'm up to 14 different companies that I've either started myself, bought, uh, shut down, or or sold. And so all different types of industries, everything from manufacturing to professional services and, and everything in between. 
And in that process, I, I really got exposed to the idea of how much an operating system could help. Early in my career, I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Later on, I, I used an operating system in my businesses, and the experience was vastly different for me <laughs> and vastly different for the folks that, that were part of my teams. And so I really became a believer. So later on in my career, when I moved really out of the operator role into more of an advisory role, I began to help people to implement an operating system in their, in their own business, which is how, of course, I met Gino and, uh, and really how we got to where we are today. And Gino Wickman, of course, the author of EOS and Traction. I got to tell you, I think I'm pretty good as a water treater, and that's what my company does. But I didn't know what I didn't know about running a business. And that's what I just found so incredibly awesome about having a system, the EOS system. I'm able to fill in the gaps of how we do business, but now we have a platform in order to do that. So I want to thank you guys for coming up with that. I can't tell you how many successes that we've had because you came up with that program with Gino. Well, Gino gets all the credit, but I tell you, it warms my heart to, to hear people taking the, the work and taking the system and doing something with it because I'm all about helping the entrepreneur be successful and you know realize the, the freedom that comes with the entrepreneurial dream instead of just getting stuck in uh, what something they thought was going to be great, but turns out to be basically the worst hourly job they could have imagined. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because I always thought that there was something wrong with me because I am really good. And you're laughing at that. I'm sure you get that a lot. I've always thought that I was really good at coming up with ideas and all of these things that the company could be doing and giving people pep talks and send them in the right direction. But the day-to-day plotting of making sure that everything's coming together, I was never good at that. And until I read the Traction book, I thought that there was something wrong with me and I was not a good business owner. Do you find a lot of people feel that way? For sure. And, and you know, I think what's going on there, Trace, a lot of it is people who start companies and go through the early part of the journey, they become great at things out of necessity. And, and so they, they're able to do a lot of things uh, just because they have to and nobody's there to help them. But then later on, uh, you know, they, they can get the opportunity or create the opportunity where they can begin to hand some of those things off to folks who are naturally great at them so that they can focus on the things that, that they're naturally great at. And, and the difference is energy. You know, for example, something like marketing, early in my career, I did a lot of marketing stuff. And, you know, I could do it and, and eventually I could kind of get there and get done what I needed to get done. But later on, when I saw somebody who was great at that, and how easy it was for them and how quickly they could come with to a really, you know, fantastic solution. It's like, wow, you know, why, why would I want to be trying to do that and, you know, denying them the opportunity to do it when I can, you know, let that go, let them handle it, let someone who's great handle whatever, and let me focus in my sweet spot where it's something where I don't feel like something's wrong with me, but I feel like all the things that I'm working on are the things that I'm great at, that I love, that really nobody but me can do. Well, we're going to get into specific terms, specifically the visionary and the integrator, which is what your book, Rocket Fuel, is based on. If we can back up for a second and talk about traction and EOS, for somebody tuning in today that have no idea what those terms are, how would you explain that to them? So I would say that EOS is the Entrepreneurial Operating System, and it is a a system for running your business that helps you do three things that we call vision, traction, and healthy. 
where vision means you really are crystal clear on where you're trying to go and how you're going to get there. And everybody in the organization, side to side, top to bottom, is all 100% on the same page about what that looks like. Then traction is about, you know, stepping off to the real world every day and beginning to see a reality that looks more and more like that picture you have of the future. And so the picture or the reality getting closer to the picture gives you a sense of, hey, we're making progress. That progress gives you more confidence. That confidence gives you more energy to tackle whatever challenges you might be facing day to day. And then finally, the third thing, healthy, is about the team. So when you're sitting there on the, you know, the leadership team of the company, you're looking across the table into the eyes of the other folks that are on this team with you, you should have a real feeling of confidence that, you know what, we have the right folks here to do the stuff that we need to get done. You know, there's nothing we can't talk about. We're not afraid to bring things up. We bring it up, put it on the table, and we talk it through and we use it or we figure out how to use it to get closer to this place we're all trying to go. You know, it's not that we're all buddy-buddy necessarily, but it just feels good to work with these folks because we're all getting so much stuff done. So vision traction healthy. EOS is an operating system you can use to run your business to help you achieve that state. Do you find that people have trouble talking with their leadership team and letting go of some of these decisions that they're making solely with themselves when they first get started in this system? Yeah, for sure. And I thought for a long time that more often than not, that was about you know, control issues and, and it's just people you know, wanting to have control and people who just uh, are just kind of wired like that. More and more I see, and particularly at the top of the organization, uh, what I'm learning is, is that it's more about trust. And, you know, I'm willing to let go of something to someone who I can trust to take care of it, who I can trust to treat it with the same care and concern that I would if, uh, you know, if I was doing it myself. And, you know, once you've got that trust established, which is hard work and takes time, but once you're there and you can really hand it off and you've got great people that are, that are very capable, you know, then it, uh, it frees up a whole new world. And I can speak that it definitely does. Well, let's get into some terminology. So specifically, when we set up our accountability charts, and of course, that's all in the book, but there are two roles at the very top called the visionary and the integrator. What are they? So the visionary is sort of what you would traditionally think of as like a founding entrepreneur. They're normally the one who is full of ideas and they're spitting out maybe 20 new ideas a week. Now, some number of those ideas may be crazy, but in there somewhere are the, you know, the gold, the moonshot, the kind of thing that can really uh, move the needle and take you to the next level. They're, they're thinking about the future. They're looking at where things are headed and trying to figure out how to best position uh, the company to take advantage of trends in the marketplace. And they're great at talking to external, uh, you know, big relationships. So whether that's big customers or big vendors or people in the community or strategic partners or whatever that might be, they're great at all of that kind of stuff. The integrator, on the other hand, is much more execution and follow through focused. They're great at getting stuff done through others. They're great at, at leadership and management and pulling together all the different other leaders and departments of the company to, to get them aligned and working in sync and coordination with each other. Uh, when those leaders tend to get you know, crossways with each other and are unable to agree, you know, if we don't have some way to break through that, a lot of times the organization kind of gets stuck. When you've got an integrator there, they can sort of step into that and hear all sides for the greater good and in alignment with the, the shared vision and, and make a decision so that we can, we can get the, the company unstuck again and, and moving forward, always being decisive and always making progress and, and executing. 
So for someone that's just hearing these terms today, how do they know if they are a visionary or an integrator? Well, the first suggestion I would make is on our website, rocketfuelnow.com, we have an assessment. And so just go on there and there are actually two assessments. There's a visionary assessment and an integrator assessment. And I encourage everyone to take both because you want to find out how much you are of, of each of those. And you might surprise yourself. Uh, now, you know, in caveat, you need to be really honest with yourself. Don't try to game it, but really you know, answer truthfully. And if you will do that, it will point out just kind of where on the, on the scale you are in terms of being uh, you know, more of one than the other, and kind of specifically where you're high and low. And that's really, really an important first step uh, to understanding you know, yourself and where you fit into that equation. I took that assessment and I am a horrible integrator, it told me. <laughs> Do you remember what your number was? I'm uh, you curious. know, I, I'm, 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 it, was, it was very high uh, with uh, visionary. It was very yep. low with the integrator. And yep. I remember my uh, facilitator was, well, that's interesting. I really haven't seen them that far apart before, but I don't remember what the numbers were. I'll have to look those up and get that yeah. to you. So that's that's good though. It's easier uh, in in some ways when you are you know just kind of purely one or the other. Sometimes that helps you let go easier, right? Because you know you're not strong in that other stuff. But some people who are closer together, it can be it can be more difficult because they are capable, whether naturally or just through you know the reality of the experience they've had to go through. You know, sometimes it can create a little little confusion they got to kind of work through. What are some of the best ways that a visionary and integrator can work together? Yeah, so that's a that's a great question. So if you think about just these folks are are very differently wired, you know, to begin with. So if we don't put some structure around that, the tendency is going to be for them to really butt heads. And you know, to some degree, the greater that polarity, so the stronger wired the visionary is, and the stronger wired the integrator is to be what they uh, what role they're playing. You know, that polarity is a is a powerful charge. So it, that can actually make the relationship even more and more powerful, but it can also make it subject to, you know, the risk of more and more friction. So you know, we talk about what we call the five rules, which are, are five ways to work together to take that natural friction and really blend it into something that uh, helps us, uh, you know, move the company close to where we want it to go. The, the first of those rules is what we call simply staying on the same page. Uh, have you heard of that one? I haven't. And we do same page meetings very regularly. Excellent. How often do you do them? We do them every two weeks. Every two weeks. And how long do they typically last? We've had some that have lasted the entire day. We've had some that have lasted through lunch, and then we just go about our business. We, we try to get, take care of everything that's on that page. Perfect. So, so Trace, what I will tell you in, in my experience working with you know, tons of these visionary integrator pairs, almost always the root of whatever problems, challenges they're having is they're not doing a good job of staying on the same page. So, so that's why that's rule number one. And the fact that you're doing that and the way you're describing it sounds like you're doing a great job of it. But you know, the same page meeting, is it couldn't be a simpler agenda. Basically, you, you check in with each other on a, you know, a human level. You know, this is a very important relationship. I've got some clients that will even refer to their their visionary integrator counterpart is their business spouse, you know? So, I mean, you really want to check in with these folks and understand what's going on in their world and, and connect with them. So that's the first part. From there, you collectively generate uh, your issues list, which can be anything that you're, you know, concerned about being on the same page on, uh, thinking you need to get on the same page on, 
you know, that they're doing that's tripping you up and making it difficult for you or something that you're concerned you don't want to trip them up. You know, whatever it is, you just lay it all out there, you prioritize it, and then you, you start working through and IDSing those issues in, in terms of most important things first and take as much time as you need. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't take a long time. Other times, you know, like you said, you might end up spending the whole day. But if you'll commit to that discipline at least once a month, uh, the, the dividends are tremendous in terms of, of how powerful it will make your relationship. So that's one. So there's five of these rules. The second one we call no end runs, and it has to do with you know, playing and behaving consistently with the, the accountability chart structure in terms of making decisions and giving direction. So you know, a common problem that we'll see out of the gate is in an organization that has not previously had an integrator, the leadership is very well trained to go directly to the visionary with everything. And so you put an integrator in place sort of in between there, and all of a sudden people still want to go past the integrator and go directly to the visionary. And the problem with that is if the, if the visionary lets that happen, and so they entertain those conversations and they do answer the question and make the decision and give the direction, then it, it really has the effect of cutting the integrator off at the knees in terms of their ability to be effective, right? And so we, we want you to commit to not let that happen as the visionary and ask what we call the question. So if somebody's showing that kind of behavior and coming around the integrator to you, we want you to ask them, you know, you can listen, but stop short of making a decision or giving direction. And in fact, tell them, you know, that's great. I've heard you, but now, you know, the question I have for you is, you know, who's going to tell the integrator? Are you going to tell them or am I going to tell them? Because somebody needs to tell them. And you direct that back to that integrator. And what we see in practice is if you'll do that, you know, within about 30, 60 days, you will completely drive that end run behavior out of the organization. Now, there's another kind of end run. I'll be curious if you've ever been guilty of this one. This is when the visionary goes around the integrator into the leadership or even further into the organization and begins to make decision and give direction down there, jumping over you know, one or more levels of leadership that you have in your structure. You ever done that? So because my integrator listens to this show, I have to answer <laughs> that honestly. And, and yes, I have. I, I will tell you as a visionary, <laughs> I, I try not to, but uh, uh, I, I, do, I do get a little bit impatient with how long things take sometimes. So I want to speed them up a little bit. I know I'm hurting the process. Yeah, you are. And, and, and the way that you hurt the process, again, is you, you know, it, it basically it inhibits their ability to be effective. And you can, again, you're kind of training people to come back to you. So, you know, it's better in the long term. When you can work that through the leadership, doesn't mean you don't talk to people. I want communication to be happening all over the place. So go talk to people, ask questions, get information. And then that stuff, you know, in your case should feed back into, you know, your weekly level 10 with the whole leadership team, the same page meetings you're having with your integrator so that they've got the information, the urgency, the whatever that's coming through your head or through your sense to make you want to nudge that, make you want to push that and let them do that. Make that clear that that's what you need. You've got something that still needs to happen. So between the two of those, if we can eliminate the end runs, that goes a long way to making this relationship more powerful. Third one on the list is the integrator as the tiebreaker. So, you know, the integrator has to be able to sit in the middle of those, those disagreements that will happen on the leadership team where, you know, marketing says we need to go one way and operations says we need to go to the other and they just can't seem to work it out. You know, we need an impartial person to sit between and listen to the whole story and listen to all the moving parts and ultimately be able to make the call so we can get unstuck and moving forward again. 
you know, whether it's the best decision or not, uh, you know, what we believe is that making the decision is the most important thing. You know, sometimes you're not going to get it quite right, but we're not stuck. We're not just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting, which so many organizations will fall into that trap. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. The fourth one is the, you know, playing as an employee when working in the business. Uh, you know, so this is, we call it the, the owner-employee rules of the game. And this is really challenging in partnerships where you may have three or four or five different partners or owners in the business that may play in a variety of different you know, seats in the accountability chart. And a tendency, a natural tendency, again, is for them to want to play the owner card. When they're just, uh, you know, in a meeting or making a decision or or whatever, they want to take their employee hat off and put their owner hat back on and sort of get special treatment. And when you do that, it really blows the integrity of the whole system. And so the discipline here is, you know, owners have a right to their share of the profits. They have a right to their say in the owner's decision-making process, whatever that's, uh, you know, limited to and however that works. Uh, they do not have a right to employment. So, you know, their rights as an employee are the same as any other employee that we would want to put in there. So we need them actually, if they're going to play as an employee, to be the ultimate employee and really setting the example for how we want all other employees to play. So they should be great and not trying to, you know, throw down the owner card, but, you know, really setting a stellar example and playing consistently by the rules as an employee, just like all the other ones do. And then they're going to be able to deal with any owner specific issues you know, information they want, concerns that they want to express, uh, you know, different ideas they want to bring up. They can do that in a mechanism that we call the owner's box. And so there's a place for that to happen. And then decisions come out of the owner's box into the leadership team. And then they flow through the organization in a systematic way that's very structured and consistent and aligned and has integrity so that everybody can really be playing the same game. Question on that one? Yeah, let me ask. So uh, I, I can honestly say, I, I'm sure I'll get corrected if I'm not correct, but I don't think I've ever said, no, we're going to do this because I own this company. But I know I joke around with it. I say, well, you know, if we do this, what's the worst going to happen? I own the company and it's my decision. I, so I, I joke around a little bit. I'm not forcing anything, but I do bring that up just in a jokey manner. Am yep. I hurting the team by doing that? Yeah, so I would just be be aware of that. So when I'm working with a leadership team, I'll frequently ask the question, how many owners are in the room today? And it's kind of a trick question because, you know, some people will want to say, well, we're all owners. Or we're all thinking like owners. Some people will literally give me the answer for, you know, the two or three that have an ownership stake that happen to be sitting in there. The answer I'm looking for is none. So when that group is playing as a leadership team, they are they're stewards on behalf of the ownership of the company. Uh, in their specific role on the accountability chart. So they're playing as a leadership team. And we want that unit to really work together as a unit, you know, with clear direction and a clear vision that they're trying to execute, execute on and make happen. So, you know, I just be, I'd want to be careful of it. Now, in your structure, is there more than one owner or are you the only owner? I have the majority ownership and, another, and then my integrator has some ownership as well. Okay. So, you know, this becomes a bigger issue when I've got multiple people playing at different levels of the organization. So you can imagine if a salesperson was an owner, so they're not on the leadership team, you know, but they're having to take direction from the sales leader and be held accountable for sales results and whatever, but they're, they're an owner, right? So you can see how that they might feel like they're kind of out of the loop. Sure. Uh, you know, they're not, they're not dry. So, so that's the situation where it can become really, really tricky. And so that's why we want to have that owner's box mechanism 
for them to get in the loop and, and be fully informed. And again, access to their rights as a, a you know, sh- to share the profits and a say in the, in the, the owner's decision-making process. But at the same time, they are held just as accountable for sales results as the other salesperson that's sitting next to them, right? So there's no difference for them. They shouldn't be paid any different. They should be held the same level of accountability. And, you know, and, and really, if they're an owner, they, like I'm saying, we, the, the emphasis is we want them to be setting the ultimate example of the, you know, how, how we want great employees to show up in the organization. Does that all make sense? Absolutely. And so then the last, last one of our five rules is to maintain mutual respect. And that's just about the level of the relationship. You know, the integrator is not the, the lackey of the visionary. You know, it's an eyeball to eyeball relationship and you're, you're mutually invested in it. It's got to work for both of you. Uh, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time and effort getting on the same page. That's what's going to make it be successful. And, you know, if it's a, if it's that level of a, you know, a partnership approach, you know, and you're mutually respectful of each other, neither one of you should be saying anything critical of the other one anywhere else. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're in locked together in your same page meeting, that's the time to air all that stuff. But when you come out of there, you don't don't criticize and complain to the rest of the organization. That's just going to diminish the whole thing for everybody. That's it. So if the if the visionary and integrator will commit to and play consistently by those five rules, they are going to fully maximize the power of that relationship. That's a great outline of the five great things to do. And I'm going to make sure that I think we're doing all those, but I'm going to make sure that we are. Let me ask you a question on our same page meetings, because we're a smaller company. And in addition to being the visionary, I'm also in charge of the sales department. And in addition to my integrator being the integrator, he's also in charge of our operations department. Yep. And we, we try to have our meetings where we're talking about just high level visionary integrator items, but we always seem to bring departmental issues into that meeting. Is that okay? So I would say it depends. You know, I would want to partition so that you don't compromise one for the other. Uh, You know, there's going to be a tendency just because of convenience, you know, when you're together to kind of bounce around and kind of cover all this stuff. So I would want to partition it so that you make sure that you do all your same page stuff. And if we've handled all the same page stuff, okay, now we're basically changing hats. Now I'm putting my sales hat on and you're putting your integrator hat on or whatever. And you kind of go into that mode. Because the tricky thing for you, Trace, is, you know, you as the sales leader, it sounds like, you know, your integrator should be holding you accountable in that seat, right? And that's a little different conversation, a little different meeting than what's going on in your same page meeting as the visionary and the integrator. That's an excellent point. I will tell you, I am accountable to the leadership team for the sales that I bring in. However, in the same page meeting, we really don't talk about that. That's really not, uh, not brought up. So, but, but I hear what you're saying, and I'm, I'm excited to make sure that we are doing some of these things that you're mentioning. Yeah, and you, and you have a lot to do with that because you can understand it's, it's difficult uh, you know, when you put an integrator in the middle like that where they're holding uh, you know, the visionary accountable. You know, you've got to give them permission to do that. Absolutely. And, and then you've got to be okay with it uh, or it won't work. It'll be problematic. But you know, if you give them permission and you know, convince them that you mean it, and then react positively, uh, you know, when you're being held accountable. Uh, and we all need to be held accountable, right? I mean, we're all human and we're all prone to, you know, procrastinating things and overcommitting and, you know, all the silly kind of things we do as people. So that's why we need somebody that, you know, we care about and trust and respect sitting on the other side, looking us in the eyeball and going, did you do what you said you were going to do? Absolutely. 
Mark, you have already mentioned a couple, but what are some of the big pitfalls that you found uh, where visionary and integrators aren't working together well? Yeah, so so the number one thing, you know, again, just for emphasis, is that staying on the same page. They get out of the habit. They don't fully commit to the discipline. Uh, and so they drift and they, they, they get out of sync. And that always leads to trouble. And it leads to trouble quickly. And it can lead to big trouble. So that's really the number one thing. Really, the, Trace, the answer to this question all goes back to if they're breaking any of those five rules, they're going to end up stumbling. Now, here's an idea. You, you said you were going to kind of you know, recommit to going back and making sure that in your relationship, you guys are doing that. There's another tool I'll point you to that may, may be helpful. We call it the Rocket Fuel Power Index. Uh, again, you can find that on the site, rocketfuelnow.com, and just in, in the resources. And basically, there's eight questions on there that are all about the, the mindsets or the disciplines that you need to be great at. And we've got them divided out into levels. And so you can look at one of those, uh, you know, like, you know, how aligned are you on the vision or how well are you staying in sync? And we describe these different states of development. And what I encourage you to do and, and for your listeners, all of uh, them to do, if they have a, a counterpart like this, is each of you should fill that, that scorecard out, the Rocket Fuel Power Index, on your own. So you should look at it, read through it, fill it out on your own, have your counterpart fill it out on their own, and then both of you bring that to your next same page meeting. And, and here's what it'll show you. You'll see some where you'll both have scored yourselves really high and you'll be like, good, we're doing a good job. We just need to keep it up. You'll see others where you both have scored yourselves really low and you'd be like, all right, there's our opportunity. There's our thing that we can do better. That's going to make this relationship more powerful. And then you'll see some other situations where you have scored them significantly differently. And that's a perfect thing for you to be talking about is, gee, why do you think it's like that? You know, I saw it like this and you guys are clearly not on the same page about one like that. So that's a topic you need to spend a little bit more time on to dive into and figure out, you know, why you're not on the same page and then, and then get yourselves back on. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And it just went on our agenda for our next meeting. Awesome. Love that. It's a successful call just because you did that. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I know you work with a lot of smaller businesses and, and there are a lot of small businesses that listen to this program. In some cases, they don't have the payroll to have a separate visionary and a separate integrator. So there's one person that does both. How do you do that? So a couple of different responses to that. So, so one, I still want you to call them out as two seats on the accountability chart. I want you to, to have that awareness that there's two different functions going on here that are really different. And if I'm doing both of them out of necessity, I want to begin to understand which one I like more, which one I'm better at, right? And so the other one, I'm just kind of fighting through for now because I'm not big enough yet or, or I don't have the, the money yet or I'm not ready yet for whatever reason, okay? So, so get clear on that at the beginning. The next thing is I want you to entertain the possibility of a fractional integrator, okay? So you know, since we wrote the book, really before we published the book, we started to see a pretty good movement in the market towards people offering fractional integrator services. And what I would tell you from, from watching this a number of times is in many cases, uh, if you can't afford a full-time integrator, you're still going to be better off if you have somebody come in one day a week or a couple of days a week. That's really a good integrator that can begin to show you uh, what you're missing by not having a great integrator in it and help you make some progress kind of moving down the path. 
Because the reality is if you're doing both, you're probably not doing one of them very well. Uh, either because you're just not good at it, you're not capable of it, or because you naturally keep gravitating back to this thing that you're just more naturally wired for. Uh, and so the other side is, is, is what gets neglected. So, you know, split them out in the accountability chart, be aware of where you're at and what's going on with an eye toward, you know what, I'm not giving one of these the full attention it deserves. Next step might be looking at a, a fractional integrator. And sometimes those relationships grow from one day to two days to four days to a, a full-time relationship. Some people like it as a way to kind of try before you buy or, or kind of dating to make sure that they really like the person and the person fits in their, in their team. So a lot of good things to consider there as an option if you're not yet at a place where you feel like you can pull the trigger on a full-time integrator. Mark, what are some of your success stories with businesses that you've worked with? There's one I'll give you uh, where it's a technology company with what I would call a you know a raging visionary man. This guy way way out there, and you know tons of good ideas, sort of classically trapped in the inability to execute on all of them. Has a uh, a person come in initially as a, a consultant just kind of helping them with this and that, uh, that, that position evolved into a full-time integrator and really was able to harness the best of the great ideas that the visionary has had and, and, and for a change, really have a, a world-class leader and manager that's, that's directing and, and, and guiding and, and, and pulling together the leadership team. So they really got a ton of focus. From the time that I first started working with these guys, through the implementation of EOS, through this individual becoming a full-time integrator, you know, what I'll tell you is at the beginning, they were getting, uh, you know, kind of sniffs and offers at one level to acquire the company. And uh, by the end, about three or four years later, they actually got a cash offer that was 80 times that. Wow. And uh, it was it was frankly too good for them to, to to pass up, and it all went back to their discipline around uh, you know structure and uh, having a great integrator and implementing EOS so that they made this thing a uh, you know a high performing machine, and uh, you know the the market reflected and and recognized that value. So is that is that a success? I think that is a success. And after hearing that, I'm sure there are listeners out there that want to learn more. How can they do that? Yeah. So if you want to uh, you know, learn more about the, the visionary integrator stuff that we've talked about, rocketfuelnow.com is the place to go. We got tons of resources on there. The assessments are on there. The rocket fuel power index is on there. There's other resources that we can point you to. Uh, you, you can get a hold of me you know, on, on Twitter or LinkedIn at, uh, at Mark C. Winters, or is the handle on pretty much all of those. So uh, either of those would be the first places I would recommend that you go for more information. Excellent. And I'll make sure to have all of those on my show notes page. Great. Well, I hope my audience enjoyed this. I know I did. I've got about three pages of notes that I'm taking that we're going to make sure that we're doing in our meetings. So <laughs> it was successful for me, at least for that reason. Uh, but if you've it. got a couple more minutes left, I would like to ask you a couple lightning round questions. And these are questions that I ask all of my guests just to see how they're different and how they're the same. Love it. Let's do it. All right. So I am a huge Back to the Future fan. So if you will, put yourself into that movie. We are climbing into the DeLorean. We are setting the flux capacitor and the time circuits back to the first day you became a business consultant. 
What have you learned throughout your career that you're going to give advice to yourself on the first day of when you started as a consultant? What advice is that? So the first thing that comes to mind when I hear that question is to never stop learning. So you're never going to know it all. Uh, There's always more to learn. You know, mastery is a very long path. It's an endless path. And, you know, things change and every interaction, every opportunity to learn, you know, just embrace it and, and, and soak it in. Uh, the other thing that, that I would tell myself is that don't underestimate how much someone else values the experience that you've had. Uh, you know, a lot of times stuff that we've done, we're, we think, you know, everybody's done that. Uh, stuff that we think is, is easy, we think everybody thinks it's easy. And the reality is, uh, you know, we're all unique and we've all been down a, a one of a kind, you know, pathway and other people can really find tremendous value in that. And if, and if there's something you can tell them, something you can teach them to help them not step in that hole that you stepped in or help them get there faster because of this, this, and this, and they don't have to take the time to learn the lessons the hard way that you did. There's tremendous value in that. So I think that's, that's, a, that's the other big one is just don't take that for granted. There's a, there's a lot of value in what you know and what you've done. Great advice. What are the last three books that you've read? Last three books. So uh, let me give you three recent ones. I don't know if they're exactly the last three, but fairly recent. Uh, so one is uh, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Great book. Yeah. So I, I love how that kind of breaks down actually the chemistry of the brain. That, that's, that's something that I, I thought was very interesting uh, in, in that. Another one would be Essentialism. Read that one? I have not read that one. Yeah. So, so basically that just drives home the point of the power of focus and the power of really kind of getting to your, you know, your, your one thing that you, uh, that you do and you're trying to, to focus on instead of trying to do everything and how that can dilute your energy and, uh, and spread you around. And then the, uh, the third one I would give you is, uh, is the millionaire next door. Uh, so someone recently, uh, you know, kind of, I'd read that one before a long, long time ago, and I guess they reissued it or something and kind of re-updated some of the statistics, but it's just a really interesting look at the landscape of, uh, you know, financial success or wealth and, and, you know, some of the patterns and habits that are, are really there. Uh, are different than the things that we hear or or may may be conditioned to think just through the media. Awesome. Well, if they were to make a movie about you, who plays you? And this one's hard. <laughs> uh, this I don't know why, but this one uh, this one I answer a lot of these different questions, and I haven't heard that one before. I haven't thought about it for some reason. So I'm going to go with. This sounds crazy, but I'm going to go with Harrison Ford. For fun, why? Uh, well, you know, I just uh, a number of different characters that he's played. Of course, really love the Indiana Jones character, absolutely, and and just the uh, the adventure. I, I I like to think about life as a series of adventures. So that's what pops to mind for me. Perfect. I will tell you that is a popular answer on scaling up. So you join quite a few that that have said Harrison Ford could play them. So my last question, if you could talk to anybody throughout history, who would it be with and why? All right. So this is, uh, I I wrestle with this one too, and I scratched out a couple of answers here before I'm going to tell you this one, but the one I landed on was Moses. Do you want to guess why? Um, 
Actually, no, I don't want to guess. How about you tell us? <laughs> uh, Moses lived a really long time, and and he saw a lot of stuff and experienced, uh, you know, some some amazing things. And so, uh, you know, it's really just that it's kind of the the breadth of uh, of of insight and uh, and knowledge I would hope to be able to get from talking to somebody that that lived through and experienced all the things that he did. Great answer. Well, Mark, this was a great interview. I've learned a ton. I think people in the Scaling Up Nation have learned a lot. I know there are a lot of people that are on the EOS system in the Scaling Up Nation. So thanks so much for coming on and chatting with us. Thank you, Trace. I've had a great time. So for all you business owners out there, I hope that this has blown your mind. You're thinking, you know what? There is a better way. There's nothing wrong with me that I can't do every single job to perfection and I can let go of certain things when the right people are in place. So I can't say enough good things about the entire series in the EOS platform. So if you want to read the book that Mark wrote, it's called Rocket Fuel. So go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash rocket fuel, one word, and that will take you to an affiliate link where you can purchase that. Now, the book that started it all by Gino Wickman talks about the EOS system. If you're interested in that, that's scalinguph2o.com forward slash traction. And that will take you to an affiliate link for that. I am not going to do questions today because I hope that this has blown you away and you are now thinking outside of the box and how you can run your business. You can actually make things easier, not only on yourself, but with your people as well. If you read Traction, you'll see that you can describe your vision to everybody on your team making everybody involved. And when people get involved in their own destiny, magic happens. Now, for those people out there that aren't owners, you did not waste the last 45 minutes to an hour of your time. I want you to think about you are a team player. So what are all the things that you can do to elevate your team? So everybody has a homework assignment. I hope you enjoyed today's show and I look forward to talking with you next time on Scaling Up.